but I'm going to invite Peter up. In fact, we're all going to invite Peter up with a very warm <laughs> cheers. And, and uh, I'm going to pray for you, if that's okay. No, no, okay, all right. Politely decline. <laughs> um, Lord, we want to thank you for Peter and for Sue. I want to thank you, Lord, so much uh, for the evidence of your word being lived out in their lives. And I want to thank you, Lord, so much for the, the years of, of experience and, and study and obedience that Peter and Sue have demonstrated in their lives. And I want to pray for Peter as he shares with us this morning. I pray, Lord, that, that most of all, that, that Peter would act as a, a conduit from you, a, that actually he would act as a messenger from you, that actually your word uh, would speak into our lives uh, in an amazing way. And I pray for us, Lord. We know it's, it's, kind of, um, it's easy to kind of absorb information all the time. It's not so easy to kind of hang on to it and, and live it out in our lives. So I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll be at work amongst us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. Get this as well, do I? Oh, yeah, special treat. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um, well, <clears throat> yeah. So, having a uh, prayer meeting at 7 o'clock on a Monday morning was my idea. Didn't consult with anybody, didn't need to. I just started my first pastorate uh, in Portishead. Do you know Portishead, Ed? Yeah. Um, That's 35 years ago. Okay. Uh, When dinosaurs roamed the earth and um, there was no Zoom. Can you imagine? I I was mustard keen. Mustard keen. I knew that with just a little bit more zeal and effort... Revival would come. People inspired by my fervour would flock in. Perhaps at the prayer meeting on 7 o'clock, like John Wesley, I could even offer a sermon. Yeah, he used to preach early in the morning. That'd be good. Well, that went well. I was on my own at two minutes to seven on a dark Monday morning in late November. The spiritual dullards in the congregation were getting the kids off to school and giving elderly relatives breakfast, you know, unimportant stuff like that. However, at seven o'clock, Meter Lippiot rocked up. I had noticed her before. She sat at the back with Sheila and Mabel. In her 70s, widowed, thick pebble glasses, handbag, easy to smile at and ignore. But as those morning prayer meetings continued, What is it Albert Einstein said? You know, the definition of madness is keeping going when it doesn't work. Usually with just Meter and me, occasionally a couple of other people, I discovered she was a gold medal spiritual athlete. No Usain Bolt. Well, it's not a sprint, is it? No. 
this long obedience on the way of Jesus is an endurance event. More like Mo Farah was meter. Found out recently how much Mo has had to endure. And she had had much to endure. She was born in Bedminster. In the days when you couldn't get a good latte there. And all the bread was sliced white. And a hipster was something that John Wayne wore in the Westerns to hold up his gun. During the war, on her own, husband was away in the army, she brought up three kids. One evening, one night, there was an air raid. They hadn't got a shelter. So they took refuge in the cupboard under the stairs. There was a bit of noise in the night, but they got some sleep. And when she woke up and opened the cupboard door, the house and almost all of the street had been destroyed by a landmine. Everything gone. How do you stay faithful in that sort of stuff? How do you endure? Sorry, it's a bit difficult for me. I don't want to cry. I learned more about prayer from Meter than anybody else. Keep it short. Keep it simple. Use the words of the scriptures. Don't be frightened of silence. If there's no prayers coming, just wait. He will speak. Listen. And reach out the arms of mighty prayer in grasping humankind. Because you know what I wanted to pray about was the finance committee's next meeting and the boys' brigade camp. Important stuff, of course. And she prayed for them. But she also prayed for the world. I still support the Missionary Aviation Fellowship, whose planes and fly in four continents, bringing food and medicine and preachers and Bibles into the most remote areas in our world. Take out people to hospital. People who die on long journeys on foot or in vehicles. I still support them because she prayed for them at every meeting. So when I read 1 and 2 Timothy again, a face with thick pebble glasses and a smile came back to me. I realized how much her role in God's good mercy was like that of Paul when he reaches out to Timothy to teach him more about the way of Jesus. How she would have laughed at such a comparison. But the same concern for somebody who was young and inexperienced and beneath the cockiness and confidence, deeply unsure of themselves. 
the same, that same concern that moved Paul, that Paul portrayed in these letters, to, to write with such care, such tenderness to Timothy, moved her. Tenderness? Paul? Yeah, in our other letters, for instance, Galatians, he comes across as fierce, even angry. There are bits, actually, of 1 and 2 Timothy where he is very fierce, where he lets rip at the violent and the lustful and people who abuse power and people who've let him down, even. Well, he's only human. But when he speaks of Timothy as his child in the faith, the First slide, please, Gavin. It's the beginning of the letter. To Timothy, my beloved child in the faith. Tenderness there, a father to a son. Even when the letters command Timothy or, or charge him, I think he's doing this to, to strengthen someone who's very unsure of themselves. Give him a bit of authority, a bit of confidence. But above all, these letters want to give Timothy, and indeed they still give us, who read them today, some insights into what the way of Jesus is all about. And the first insight is this. It, it must be a way with, with others. It's a team sport, <laughs> this way. Team event, football or competitive cycling perhaps, no, not tennis or, or boxing. <laughs> yeah. the, the Paul of these letters wants to pass on to his child in the faith what his experience of walking the way of Jesus has taught him. Last Sunday, Tim Dobson um, shared with us brilliantly how these letters warn again and again against um, what, what Tim called radical individualism. You know, me, me, now, now. Strange tribe that we live among and are sometimes part of, the me, me, now, now tribe. Yeah. Indeed, and because it's not all about me, we can learn from others, often enough from the hard times they've gone through, and even the mistakes they've made. Those who have gone before us on this way can pass on some wisdom to challenge and warn us and also to comfort and encourage us. Keep us going. Tell us to keep the blessed end in view. However, it's also true that those who have just begun to walk in the way of Jesus have things to teach those who are further along, particularly when those who are further along think they know it all. Um, next slide, please, Gavin. And that's why Paul can, can say um, in 1 Timothy 4.12 to Timothy, let no one despise your youth. Hmm? 
but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Those at the beginning of the way and those nearer its end need each other. You know, it's supposed to be an African proverb. It may come as a surprise to you that I've bounced it off several Afri Africans and then they've not heard it. You know the proverb, um, it may take a whole, it takes a whole village to teach a child, yeah? Takes a whole village to teach a child, a community is needed to teach a child. Very true, very true. But it's also true that sometimes a child can teach a whole village. This is so because at its heart, the way is a way of grace, gift, not something we earn. We can actually, in our own strength, get better at. It's all a gift. Yes, following it needs some effort. Any journey takes it out of us physically and mentally. I, took my daughter yesterday to, to Oxford to a talk she was giving, and that was great. And, but we got back at half past midnight, having driven along the motorway in some quite heavy traffic. You know, that it takes it out of you. You need to work at it a bit, don't you? you at least work at not losing your temper. Hmm? Next slide, please, Gavin. From 1 Timothy 4.10, a little... Uh, earlier, for to this end, says Paul, we toil and strive. Yeah, there is some effort here. But the rest of that verse and the whole letter points us again and again to what keeps us going on the way. The hope in a God who is healing, saving, renewing, not just us, but all humanity, not just humanity, but the whole cosmos. He is renewing all things by his grace. That's the power of renewal and healing that we are invited to draw down on as a gift. Indeed, Paul contrasts, next slide please, Gavin, the sort of physical training, which is hard work, the sweating away in the gym, yeah, it has its place, he says. Bodily training is of some value. But godliness is of far greater value. And by that, he means simply living in the gracious presence of a living God. That, that verse that we opened with this morning from Psalm 105. Turn your face to the Lord. Look to him. He will give you strength. And, and so uh, Paul urges Timothy not to neglect the gift he received when what God wanted Timothy to do with his life was recognized by him and the church. Verse 14. Slide 4. 
Yeah? Is that up? Great. I'm going to just see it. Remember that moment, says Paul, that moment when you knew there was a gracious God and he had given you a calling and a task and the power to do it. Remember it. Live in it. Be in it. Immerse yourself in it, uh, says the extremely sound version. Immerse yourself. That, that's good. But actually, all this, the Greek says is be in it. Live in it. So walking the way of Jesus is not about lots of sweaty effort. I, I don't know if you've got one on your, your phone or maybe you've got a Fitbit. You know, this app which tells you how many steps you've done. Yeah, anybody got that? Anybody look, anybody look at it? No, perhaps not. You're all far more sensible than me. You know, I've got a target. 9,000 steps. They suggest 10,000. I thought that's far too much. Let's go for nine. <laughs> Things every day. I look at it and think, have I done it? You know, have I made the grade? That's a really bad mindset. No, I, eh, walking in the way of Jesus is putting ourselves intentionally in those places where his grace, his gifting, can come upon us and be remembered. Yeah, discipline is needed to free up time and space to read the Bible, to pray on our own and with others. Even at 7 o'clock on a Wednesday morning, it's still possible by the miracle of Zoom, to worship and adore. But when we do that, we, we find that the way, of, the way is a joyful one, full of hope and promise. It's like deciding, you know, if you look down a street and there's one side sunny and one side dark, let's go on the sunny side. Let's go where the light can reach us. Walk in the way of hope and light and promise. Decide to do that. Not in the way of despair and darkness. The way where the grace can reach us. But this, this Paul who writes as a father tenderly to this young, young Christian on beginning the way with a high calling... He's not just passing on wisdom. He's also saying goodbye. Lee's letters are those of a man whose death draws near. And we are meant to understand that that death will be violent. To Timothea. Paul's lifeblood, he says, is to be poured out as a drink offering. When you made an offering in the ancient world, you could just simply take a bit of wine from the cup you were drinking and pour it on the ground to God. That's what he's referring to as a sacrificial outpouring. Giving a bit of what you wanted to consume yourself to God. That's what he's talking about his life. 
it's been poured out to God, will be poured out. My lifeblood, when it ends, I will die violently, just as Jesus died violently, poured out his lifeblood. For this way is a way of the cross. Cannot be anything else. But what might seem like a sad, squalid end is seen here as a willing offering. You think you're killing me? No, you've got it completely wrong. This is my way of offering my life to Jesus. Indeed, he describes his own death as like the triumphant crowning of a winning athlete. In the ancient games, you, you didn't get a medal. You got a, a crown made of laurel leaves. There's a message in the laurel leaves, you see, because they wither. Just as the athlete is not going to stay at the top of their game forever. So you've got this crown. And, and that's what Paul says the end of his life is going to be like. It's going to be crossing a finishing line and then being honoured and crowned by God. These letters remind us that all our ways must end either in death or the Lord's appearing again when all ways will end, all human ways, and the divine way will begin in earnest. The cross of Jesus can transform all our endings into finishing lines beyond which is reward and glory and honor and praise and eternal crown, not one made of leaves which will fade and wither. As for Meter, Meter Lippiot, she crossed that line many years ago. And on her, that crown now shines. Good and faithful servant, enter into my joy. How can we, how can we kindly help each other on till all receive the starry crown? How can we lay hold of the grace of God in our lives so that when we come to the finish our lives are like offerings poured out and we hear the words well done good and faithful. Some points for us to ponder. Who is Jesus calling us to encourage, to challenge, to console on the way, now? And I might add, who, who do we look to now to be challenged, warned and consoled ourselves? How can we open ourselves more to his grace, 
trust more in his promises? Can we become intentionally aware every day of the sunny side of the street and walk in it? What might it mean for us to follow the way of the cross? To offer up our lives daily, not just at their end, in spirit and in truth. pray for all the saints who from their labors rest who you by faith before the world confessed your name O Jesus be forever blessed yeah, well, bless, bless you, Lord. We pray that we might be channels of grace to others, that we might receive your grace through your servants who love you, and that we might walk in the way of the cross till our journey ends. We pray in the name of the crucified, our Lord Jesus. Amen.